This is Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE is our toll-free number, and we'd love to have you join us. The us tonight is myself, Chris. I'm Ian. And Rich Paul. And we're here to talk about current events. We're going to talk about probably some past events, too. Uh, But we're going to talk about things that are topical, and we're going to talk about things that have to do with liberty. Because liberty is very, very important to me, and it should be to you, too. And if you're not sure where to tune to find out more about what's going on in the world and how it affects your liberty, please remember Free Talk Live. Again, 855-450-FREE. And one of the uh, topics we like to talk about a lot, we hate to talk about, I should say, we hate to talk about war. Don't we, Rich? I hate. Well, we love to run our mouths about it. We just don't like the fact that it actually exists. We don't like that. Uh, and we don't believe that most wars are necessary. And I think most people believe that, you know, World War II, that was a just war. You know, Vietnam, we got into for all the right reasons. The Civil War, I mean, we had to do something, right, Rich? Yeah, well, I don't communism. think we got into the Vietnam for the right reasons. You got to stop communism. You got to use violence There's, to stop communism. Well, right? the thing All is, sorts of communism is stupid. Communism will stop itself. <laughs> it sure does. If you just leave it alone. <laughs> we did find that out, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. We keep finding it out. Uh, look at Venezuela right now. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Although, again, you know, I it it irritates me that they put these sanctions on Venezuela, which then gives all the communists an excuse. And it's like Venezuela was starving long before there were any sanctions. Well, the right. communists, of course, would argue that, well, it was it was socialism in Venezuela. It wasn't true communism. Well, communism light. I mean, socialism and communism, it's a means of degree uh, Anne Rand said the uh, said the uh, difference was uh, between communism and socialism is uh, communism was murder and socialism was suicide. <laughs> <laughs> well put. But even if you go back to the, the teachings of Marx, you know, Marx Marx recognizes that socialism is a step towards communism. That is yeah. one of the steps yeah. that you got to go through. Before you get full blown, well, they need worker. to have a government, right? In yeah. order to get to the perfect plateau of communism, this yes. dream yeah. of theirs. And and actually, after that, the state was supposed to just fade away, shut down, sure. And then uh, and then ever. we were going to have anarchy. That was even his promised <laughs> land was anarchy. He just thought we had to go through a bloodbath first. <laughs> I'd kind of like to skip the bloodbath, <laughs> you know. Because, you know, you're not going to find a socialist state that isn't a bloodbath. People talk about uh, the Scandinavian countries, and A, the Scandinavian countries aren't as good as they're made out to be, but B, they're also not socialists. They have freer markets than we do in yeah. a lot of yeah. ways. And uh, there's there's been a lot of discussion about that because time and time and time again, you know, you're going to have Bernie Sanders, you're going to have... Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez speaking about this wonderful thing that that the you know the Swedish experiment is what's going on in Norway how come they only pay x amount of dollars for for insulin over there and all these excuses but it's good to see when our foreign policy changes in a way that may mean less bloodshed and one place that we have certainly supported you mean the government bloodshed 
our government, policy. yes, uh, has been in Yemen. Um, and this headline from the AP today, Congress invokes powers to challenge Trump on war in Yemen. From Washington, rejecting a plank of President Donald Trump's foreign policy, the House on Thursday invoked never-before-used powers to demand that his administration withdraw support from the Saudi-led war in Yemen. The Senate passed the same resolution in March with bipartisan support. Trump is expected to issue a veto of this measure. He is second in his presidency, and Congress does not have the votes to override him. But the action was nonetheless a milestone for lawmakers who have shown a renewed willingness to assert their war-making powers after letting them atrophy for decades under presidents from both parties. Hold on. I thought it was asking him to or telling him to withdraw support from the Saudis. What does that mean? Doesn't what? that mean pull troops out or what is that? One would think. Um, so so that, they're not making war in that case. They would be trying to stop it? Right. But what the what this article is pointing out that there is a constitutional mandate that says should war be declared on anyone that that has to come from congress, from congress. It has to come from the people that's basically what they're saying and and that that was the idea behind the founders saying that was now what the powers that be have been telling us for a long time though is since the passage of the war powers act that's no longer necessary right it's really going to be really interesting to watch them reverse themselves on that issue now with respect to this president Exactly. And we're talking about the House, which is, you know, it's in Democrat hands right now. So is this the Democrats becoming the anti-war party? Are they reasserting, as this article says, are they reasserting their war powers uh, prerogatives under the Constitution? And are they going to come back and say, nope, Mr. Trump, you cannot go to war because we never authorized it. I'll tell you what, that would really make me wonder what was going on in Yemen to make it important enough for them to do that. Indeed. And it, it would also make me think that maybe uh, maybe Trump isn't another puppet to the extent that I think he is. Well, um, yeah, to me I, it's... That's, I that's very strange. That's not how they usually behave. What are the never-before-used powers... I don't know. What is that? And I'd like to get back into this because they really <laughs> yeah. are. There are no never before you. It's been a couple hundred they're years. Saying, never before? I yeah, think I they might, if if it's talking never before used power, I think it might be the, con- the power of Congress to withdraw troops from somewhere that the president has sent them huh. after a period of time. Wow. Because that is in the War Powers Act. Let's, let's get ahead here. Uh, the president will have to face the reality that Congress is no longer going to ignore its constitutional obligations when it comes to foreign policy, said Democratic Representative Elliot Engel of New York, chairman of the, the House Foreign Affairs Committee. <laughs> uh, Yemen was plunged into a civil war in September 2014 when rebels known as Houthis swept into the capital and overthrew the country's internationally recognized government. Mm. The Saudi-led coalition began fighting the rebels months later in a campaign the Saudi Arabia uh, that Saudi Arabia said was aimed at curbing Iranian influence. At the time, the Houthis were allied with forces backed by Iran. In the years that followed, Iran's role in the conflict has grown. 
So, well, well let's continue. Let's see if uh, if they talk a so little about So the Saudis this. and Iran are fighting in Yemen? Is that what's going on here? The the Saudis have always fought the Yem, uh the Yemen forces because they were allied with Iran. Uh-huh. Iran is a is a um enemy of Saudi Arabia and an enemy of the United States. Okay. So so by extension, well, the are United they an States, enemy of the United States government or is the United States government an enemy to them because I've never really heard of any Iranians doing us any harm with the exception of I mean when I say us I mean the government that doesn't actually represent me. Right. But uh um uh, you know the the only time i i remember them doing something that was incomprehensible to me at the time was when they took over the uh the uh, embassy right in like what well, was it 78 never forget i was I mean, 10 years acting, old you're when acting that like happened. this wasn't recent news well i was 10 <laughs> years old when this happened so <laughs> i remember and, that and the amazing thing about that is that the thing that I remember most clearly is people wailing, why do they hate us? Yes. And it wasn't until years later that I found out that that revolution was against a dictator that our CIA had installed named yes. the Shah of Iran. And they overthrew yep. a democratically elected uh, prime minister to do that. We have to look at history, especially when we talk uh, foreign policy. And these things go back Decades, decades after decades. 855 450 free. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. 855 450 free. That's our toll-free number. You can also hit us up on Discord. Discord is a super cool app. You can load it on your phone. You can load it on your PC. And if you've got a microphone and a reasonably fast internet connection, you can connect and talk to us here on the show. You'll sound like you are here in the studio. You can find out more on how to connect at discord.lrn.fm. And we've been talking about Congress, we've been talking about Trump and the ongoing war in Yemen, and what this means when the, the this article claims that the the Democrats who hold the House are going to reassert their powers and reign... For the first time ever, it says. For the first time ever, and reign in uh, some of Trump's foreign policy... I might point out that this is actually an extension of Obama's policy mm-hmm. because that's when all this stuff started. Uh, this was all under the Obama administration. Uh, Trump, the supposed peace president. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, it would be interesting to look up what – do you mean Obama, the, the supposed no, peace Trump president? Trump advertised himself as uh, a peace president I, see, on Trump, the run up to the election – or uh, just after the election. My impression – the thing about Trump and foreign policy is he blows like the wind on it in <laughs> in a lot of things. I mean, yeah. you can find him saying, uh, you know, that Iraq was a waste of money and we need to stay in Iraq, you know, within sure. months of each other. Sure. Um, you know, there were a couple of times 
I mean, I was hoping he was going to be Ron Paul on the issue because it's the only when he says America first, America first to me means first and foremost, end every single war. Right. Bring the troops home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was part of Trump's campaign promise. Trump Mm -hmm. was going to be a non-interventionalist president. That's what he talked about. we, We need to get out of these expensive foreign wars. I mean, why are we there? We've spent trillions of dollars over there just on budget. That's not even to oh yeah, whatever, including no. whatever they've spent in covert black ops over there. And and what have we gotten it for? Gotten for it? Can can military any industrial military lover tell me that the Middle East is better than it would have been if we just minded our own business from you know World War Two onward? Well, the profits at the military industrial complex have benefited from it. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, and the amazing Jobs. thing is, right? they're the guys that make the predictions that say all these things are necessary. Of course. Of course, yeah. Yeah. And and politicians will follow them up. Right now, you know, within the last year, we have surpassed Mm. the dates when 18-year-olds are serving in Afghanistan and Iraq who were born into those conflicts. You know what I mean? Because we're now now past 18 years Ah. that we've been in Afghanistan Mm. and we've been in Iraq. So these, these are kids that... We've always been at war. My How whole long life. were we at Vietnam? Uh, so let me think, like uh, 62 to 73, 74? Okay. It, it was so long. you're looking at 12 years there. Uh, this is five years longer already right. yeah, than long Vietnam conflict. was. That's it, a long time. And, you know, the casualties over there haven't stopped. It's not like they're subdued over there. No, not not at all. And and to remind our listeners, those casualties are not just a, a bunch of Afghanis hiding in a cave. These are American soldiers. These are the people that we really should be supporting by helping bring them home. And the the idea this get them is out of something, the military, get a real job, and like get into the productive economy too. Right, That'd like nice. what happened after World War Two. After World War Two, you know, every economist was convinced that man, this this whole thing's going to come crashing down because we're going to have this huge influx of men who suddenly need work. What are we going to do? We got Rosie the Riveter taking jobs. What's going to happen when they all come back? We had one of the biggest booms in our economy in history. Because we had a surplus of capital in the term human in, in human capital, and that's that was an, an amazing thing. That's not something we need to be worried about. You don't need to keep wars going to keep economies going. Well, this is the same objection that people bring up on the immigration side as well. It's like, there's all these people going to take our jobs. And the same <laughs> thing They took true. our jobs. My God, there's a whole wave of thousands coming from, yes. and, and there's another wave, I think I heard. There's more people coming up. Another one? All, yeah, that's what I heard recently. It's just all this fear-mongering around. It's like, uh, the market can handle it. It but, always has. Well, they can't handle enough avocados, evidently. That's well, been a big thing lately. I mean, the problem is the market can handle it if left if alone. Yeah, and it's right. Not, it's not, but the true. market isn't free. So, you know, we're kind of between a rock and a hard place where my preference is let them in 
and repeal the welfare state. My second preference is if you're not going to repeal the the welfare state, don't let any more people in. And by the way, stop getting pregnant, too. (laughs) Yeah, um, that's that's not, you know, a yeah. libertarian perspective, right? To say don't let them in means you need to have a border patrol and you need to have enforcement and you need to have checkpoints and and so on and so forth. Didn't you have something about uh, were there some immigration raids recently? I feel like you had some. Yeah, we will. Uh, we'll probably get to that story, yeah. too. But yeah, a record raid in Texas. There you go. Crack the, down. The thing is, Shut I don't down. want to have one more person with their hand on the gun to my head. You know, and I'm in a position where there's a gun to my head by by the government, and that's a that's I'll, I'll tell a, you a silly I'll, analogy, man. I'll, 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 I'll tell you what I I'll tell you what I would say is if anybody tells me that he that he supports the NAP, I support his right to come the to America, and principle. I don't care where he comes from. The non-aggression right, principle, right. but is, so long as he's willing to commit to not initiating force against people here, then I think that right. would be great. So is your concern, Rich, that people will come here and just sponge off the rest of us and, and you know, there, take advantage of our, our wonderful free programs we have for everyone? There are people who will do that, and there are also people who will come here and work hard and uh, do things that uh, Americans won't do at that price. Yes, but there exists some number X for which an American will wash your to- toilet. It might be a higher number. <laughs> All I know is what I've read in, in stuff from Cato and from a number of other think tanks, you know, from Washington, uh, basically saying that despite all this concern and consternation, it is a net win for us to have illegal alien, uh, illegal immigration. We're, we're ahead in, in terms of real world numbers that we benefit by them being here and in well, lower I mean, some food people take costs. advantage of them they uh, do but even when you factor all that in when you factor in that some percentage of them are going to sit on welfare and not mm-hmm. do anything when you factor that all in it's still a net benefit 855 450 free what do you think should we kick them all out should we go full rich paul on them and <laughs> now i'm just putting words in your mouth dude you know i'm kidding Holy moly. Should we just kick them all out? Should we welcome them with open arms? No, actually, my position is we should welcome welcome them with open arms and no welfare state. 855-450 free free talk. Would you like to hang out with Penn Jillette? He's keynoting Freedom Fest this year. I, for one, am thrilled. Freedom Fest is the largest liberty-oriented gathering in the world. They take a big tent approach with libertarians, conservatives, liberals, anarchists, and just open-minded people mingling together to hear real debates, share real solutions, and converse freely. This year's theme is the Wild West, a time of liberty and opportunity, or a time of anarchy and violence. Maybe both. Go to freedomfest.com slash FT and get your tickets now. Freedomfest.com slash FTL. Not convinced yet? Hey, I understand. It's a high-end event, even with coupon code FTLEB. Sure, you're likely to receive investment advice that'll make that sum seem paltry, but I have something special for you. Go to Freedomfest.com slash FTL and you'll get the five best speeches from last year for free. Call it a test drive. Do yourself a favor and go to Freedomfest.com slash FTL. Freedomfest.com slash FTL. Use coupon code FTL. L-E-B for a discount. The 
This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's how you can get in touch with us via our toll-free number. That's 855-45. Jeez, here we go. See, every other week, I my, my mind just resets, and I completely forget this phone number. 855- of all the things he's <laughs> lost, he misses his mind the most. <laughs> 855-450-3733. There we go. Um, in studio tonight. Do we have Buzzle. a cookie for him? Oh, I he should. He got through it. You should. You should. <laughs> I don't think he needs a special cookie right now. That's probably not special a cookie. Idea. That that. Might oh not no, be a bad definitely idea. not a special cookie for him. He's like the sober, one. <laughs> the sober one. I got an excuse, bro. What about you? <laughs> exactly. Uh, but my excuse is that I want to talk about this, and that's Bitcoin.com. Bitcoin.com is your premier source for everything Bitcoin-related. Bitcoin.com can help you choose a wallet, buy Bitcoin, and show you where you can spend your Bitcoin. You can also read the latest news and engage with the community on the Bitcoin forums. Learn more at Bitcoin.com. Great news source. Those guys are, are on top of what's going on in crypto, and crypto's been a little interesting lately. Uh, interesting lately for most people means that the price of your favorite coins has gone up a bit. So like Bitcoin, uh, I think just just maybe a week or two ago was trading at around 3,800, 34,000. Yeah, 4, yeah, and then it hit 4,000 and then it hit 42 and now it's up around 5,000 when I checked before. I think right before I left the house, it was somewhere around 4,800. It went from like 42 to 5,000 in uh, an hour one night. Mm. Just Uh, shot up. For those of us who remember the insanity of 2017, I say that like it was decades ago. Uh, but 2017 saw Bitcoin jump from around a thousand dollars up to nineteen thousand right. dollars, which was that was exciting. It was exciting, and it, it took was, a whole year for that to happen. <laughs> but it, you know, it happened. But what a year it was! Yeah, it was. Uh, it was mania, in my opinion. Um, and I think things settled down, and and Bitcoin kind of found its natural uh, equilibrium. It, if you look at it over a long you- term, it sort of continues its march when it was around 3400 3800 4000 and i think it's continuing do you think though that um there was any intentionality to it um i think a lot of people wanted it to run up to the run-up uh well to the well do you think it was a pump and dump because one of the things that I predicted uh when we first started talking about bitcoin was that the federal reserve uh, through its minion banks, could would uh, or could, would or could pump and dump uh, Bitcoin, and this would be good for us because they would make us very rich in the process of doing this if we right, knew right. it was happening and we knew when to <laughs> let go. Right. Um. Or, but uh, were it, were it, markets manipulated? I think the possibility is always yeah. there for a state actor to do that sort of thing. What mm-hmm. makes it a little trickier with Bitcoin is some of the features of Bitcoin. It is an open ledger. We can really see a lot of what's going on. So you I can know see the that, big buys yeah. and sells. Yeah, and we, we and what, can see what the whales are doing. We can see what wallets represent the whales, but we cannot see generally who is they are. 
who is behind the wallet. Well, in this and last... that's the design. That's what we were looking for. That's not a criticism. Yeah, right. exactly. What we did uh, know was happening during this big run-up was it sort of started with a $100 million buy of Bitcoin. Woo! And Damn. that was... Um, Can you imagine? Yeah, that's that's been tracked. Somebody <laughs> dumped $100 yeah, they did million. It over three different exchanges, I yes. think, over like a period of time. Yeah. yeah. See, um, that big a chunk of change, given the scale of that market then could have been enough to set off the whole boom by itself. It could have. But yeah. we also had some some positive news coming out of places like, you know, uh, Jack Dorsey of Twitter yeah. and What's he you doing? Know. Well, uh, a couple different things. Cuz he For, also runs Square, right? He owns Square runs and it. He does he own it? Owns it. Oh, really? Uh, CEO of uh, Square. Okay. He had originally um come up with a cash app so where you right. held your Square cash you could actually buy Bitcoin through that. That was a big move. And then he announced that he was going to be hiring crypto engineers to work directly, reporting directly to him uh, for Square. So this really sounded to me like adoption at the Square app level, which would be a big deal because if anybody's ever gone into a restaurant and you saw that they had the little tablet with a little swipey thing yeah. and they process your credit card right there, that's square, and if you could make every single place able to take Bitcoin, take Bitcoin and take if other that's what he's got in because I want to hold my Bitcoin as long as possible. Oh, you're not the ideal customer. Yeah. Then, is Rich. the well, no, but no, I'm saying I'm saying even the Bitcoin that I want to spend, I don't want to turn it into dollars the day before right, and then okay. spend it. I want to hold it as Bitcoin until the moment that I spend it and, and spend it as Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, and and spend it as Bitcoin, but you know, if the receiver immediately turns it into dollars, I don't care. Not a problem because somebody else turned dollars into Bitcoin. Right. It's going to be interesting to see. We've got Matthew calling from Louisiana. He's listening on TuneIn. Matthew, you're on Free Talk Live. So I'm calling to say I'm pretty disappointed in my parish of Jefferson. Oh, uh, what now? We've had a- my parish of Jefferson. Okay. We had a plastics plant, and they produce those plastic pellets that uh, get extruded overseas and in the United States uh, into plastic products that we so love and dear, uh, adore all over the world. Well, they decided they wanted to expand uh, because they had a client on their property, who took one of the byproducts of their plastic production and turned it into a different kind of plastic pellet. Okay. And it was a win-win-win. Sounds like the it. Problem, the problem was the byproduct of their production, the first uh, plastics company, was cy- hydrogen cyanide. <laughs> now, it, they didn't ship it out. They weren't exporting it. They weren't giving kids in the neighborhood little vials of it. No, they were keeping it on site until their client company produced it into their kind of plastic pellets. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they had so much business for some strange reason all over the world for their plastic pellets that they wanted to expand. And they were good little boys and girls, and they went down to the parish council. And the parish council looked at their staff, this is pretty routine, and they approved it. Okay. Somehow, so what's... the news media found out about it. And next thing you know, they are brigaded. 
Oh, uh, by people. Cyanide. Oh my God, it's cyanide. <laughs> Even though no one has died as a result I, of, I can absolutely this. hear the news teaser too. Is your children's lunch being manufactured with cyanide? More after this tonight. Tune in at eleven. Oh my God! So cyanide is is made in lots of processes. I mean, it's part of almost every plastic process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is. It's it's you know how, you tell people how about that super and glue, cyanoacrylate. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you tell people that, and they react with total panic and fear, like the stuff is spewing out of there or something. <laughs> and this company has been operating for forty years. So has anything Never happened as a result it. of this uproar? Has the council reversed its decision? Oh, yeah, the council reversed this decision, oh. with the exception, I will admit, and I'm kind of proud of the guy. I think he's a little nutty. <laughs> but my council critter, uh, Dominic Impostato, which is kind of a nutty name to begin with, um, said, no, this is ridiculous. He stood his ground and said, you're being negated by, you know, possible bots and fools. Fear mongers. And the rest of them just ran for the tall grass, you yeah. know. Oh, my God. Outvoted. And I don't even know how many people called them yeah. about It doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. Hey, uh, Matthew, thank you for the call. They do what they want. Cyanide. You're going to find out that almost every manufacturing plant put, puts out something you don't like, and it's going to sound scary. 855-450-FREE. What do you not want to see in your backyard? Government. Government. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. You can call us toll-free. That's 855-450-3733. Or hit us up on Discord. Check that out at discord.lrn.fm. And we've been talking about this idea that Congress, specifically the House of Representatives, is going to invoke powers that challenge Trump on the war in Yemen. And this has been a bloody stalemate basically for years. The the Saudis have been fighting uh, the Yemenis, and because Yemen was backed by Iran, that made Yemen the enemy of, let's see, Saudi Arabia, which then makes it, by extension, the enemy of the United States. So the, the Saudis have been actively involved in this war, and we've been sort of... Uh, contributing from the sidelines. That's been the U.S. role in this. When you say we, I mean our politicians, because I I had nothing to do with this one. What is the love affair between American politicians and certain Middle Eastern theocracies? Um, Is it all just Christian Zionism, do you think? Are they trying to bring about the end of the world? I think it's about power and money. Um, that's always been my position on U.S. foreign policy in the Middle East, that he who controls the oil, sort of like, uh, like Dune. Sort of, Dune, I was just going to say, <laughs> there's spice in them that are The spice bars. must flow. Uh, he who controls the pumpkin spice controls the white girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. I got to remember that for next October. Uh, oh, you haven't seen that? No. But, oh, one of my favorite early memes. I, I love that. Uh, the conflict has been a bloody stalemate for years. Is talking about the conflict in Yemen. Thousands have been killed in Saudi airstrikes on civilian infrastructure 
and millions are on the brink of starvation. The war has devastated the economy of Yemen, the Arab world's poorest country. The vast majority of its population cannot afford food to eat. Two lawmakers who have led the charge for the War Powers Resolution, Senator Senator Chris Murphy, Democrat of Connecticut, and Bernie Sanders, independent from Vermont, have displayed photos of emaciated Yemeni children when they have given speeches on the Senate floor. Quote, this is a moral stain on this nation every day that we continue to take part in this war, war, unquote, Murphy said after Thursday's vote. Utah Senator Mike Lee, a Republican who championed the measure, said, quote, it's long past time that we end U.S. involvement in this unauthorized, unjustified, and immoral war that has caused immense human suffering, unquote. Now, does, does it mention here, and that's nice to hear, but uh, yeah. does it mention what this vote was as far as the numbers? Like, how did how did they vote? Um. Because it sounds, I mean, you've got, what, a Democrat, or at least Sanders, and then Mike Lee, he's a Republican, right? Correct. So this is kind of like a bipartisan thing, it sounds like. Yeah, uh, and in this case, um, we're going to have to, I, I'm skimming ahead to try to answer yeah, yeah, your no. question. I just didn't know if it had in- indicated that at all. Yeah. Uh, the U.S. involvement has been training Saudi soldiers and selling the kingdom arms for decades, Direct support of the Saudi coalition began in 2015 during the Obama administration Mm -hmm. with intelligence sharing, logistical support, and Mm -hmm. in-flight refueling. The Pentagon ordered an end to in-flight refueling last November. So what happens then? (laughs) Saudi aircraft's flying along and suddenly it can't get any more gas and falls out of the sky? No. They can buy their own fuel tanker or something. Like exactly, that. and with that probably that order for that will go to um, it will go to Boeing because or they maybe they the, could just stop bombing them. That'd be nice. That's a little too radical, Rich. Uh, we're talking about the See, U.S. government. It's here. a strange world when not blowing people up is considered a radical solution. Isn't it? Not blowing up the poorest people in the world, or excuse yeah. me, in the Middle East. Um, that's that's what Yemen is. It is desolate. Support for the coalition carried into the Trump administration, which has made Saudi Arabia a central ally in efforts to disengage from the Middle East and take a hard line on Iran. On his first international trip as president, Trump visited Riyadh, uh, that's in Saudi Arabia, where he emphasized business ties between the two countries. Home to key American military bases, Saudi Arabia also remains one of the top buyers of American arms, and Trump has made it a priority to loosen weapons export controls. I mean, this is just classic U.S. Uh, support of one dictator versus another one, or one you know government versus another one. Why can't I? They're talking about the the business ties between Saudi Arabia and the United States. Why can't I have business ties with somebody in Iran? Why shouldn't right. I be able to sell a product uh, or buy a product from somebody in Iran? Oh, anything. Yeah, a hat. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to open a, a, you know, we'll sell New York Yankees hats to uh, Iranians. I think that's probably a violation of some egregious sanction that we have, not against the government. We have these sanctions against the people. Right. And they, they're the they ones pay the that price. pay. Yeah. The um, government in Iran is sitting pretty, just like every government everywhere, with the exception of maybe Venezuela, who might be getting a little hungry, but maybe. Right. Maybe. Yeah. I think the purpose of sanctioned sanctions is basically to say to the big companies you know you might as well not oppose uh war 
on the basis that it's going to break your trade connections because we're just going to break your trade connections anyway. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And why should we support just one side of a conflict? We should support well, both the sides. And yes, the thing that's is, what, the what I does. think we should do when there's a conflict anywhere in the world is sell both sides weapons and ammunition. <laughs> And hope you they know, get it over with until quick. they get tired of it. Right. And either one side will run out of people or both sides will run out of fight. And right. either way, you know, that conflict will at least be over. And this is what has happened throughout history. Now, we have some anomalies like the Hundred Years War. But if you look at how much of that was actually active, not much of it was. But this idea was that, you know, war cannot be afforded by nations. And when was the Hundred Years' War? I want to say the 17, 16, 17, 18, 1700s, maybe. I'm, okay. Don't, don't expect me to back up things 13, I say on this show with seven, facts. Thank 1337 you. through 1453. Absolutely. Okay, that makes sense. Right. But if you look at even things like that, that, that wasn't constant combat. That wasn't sorties right. going up every day. Right. Um, the what, thirty the thirty years war was denser. I think that was a, about one hundred and fifty years later. But the point being, the people would not support a ruler who was doing nothing but using them as ca- cannon fodder for decade upon decade. That couldn't happen. And, and right. kings realized that. You know, states realized that we did not have an infinite supply of people to fight these things. They also knew that it was going to take a lot of gold to fight a war. You know, people need to be paid and everything else going on in your country still has to continue. That all changed when we went on the federal reserve system, when we went to central banking and suddenly coming up with the money, you know, and it's like LBJ said, you can have your guns and you can have your butter. And that's when things really changed. Uh, now we're in in this world where you can have a, a World War II that goes on for seven years. I mean, that was almost unheard of. Uh, you know, World War II, or excuse me, World War One barely lasted four years um, between mm. various combatants, and most combatants were in and out in like a year or two. Um, so you know, this is a new thing, and now yeah. again, eighteen years. Children that have grown up never knowing a world that did not involve the U.S. engaged in combat in Afghanistan. Never. Mm. Never in their lives. It's insane. And they've also had the uh, airport restrictions ever since they were born yeah. as well. They've, they've lived their whole lives with the Patriot and Act. The thing is, we've been at war all of both of our lives as well. Yes. And, and that's the thing. They haven't always admitted it, but there have always been U.S. soldiers running around somewhere, somewhere in the world, whacking sure. somebody for reasons that nobody really knows. Oh, and I, I we're just do. supposed to accept that that's okay. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I grew up in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. And you're right, Rich. There was not one period that did not involve mm-hmm. U.S. Uh, combat somewhere somewhere yeah. in the world all through the cold war and a lot then of after the cold war it was to stabilize the soviet bloc then after stabilize they had to stabilize the soviet bloc then they had to stabilize the middle east again wow. you know it's always something you're forgetting the big one rich and by that i mean grenada uh 855 oh, 453 yeah. what would it be like to have a world without war 
I think that's an idea worth exploring, and I think that's something we need to educate kids on. This is not a normal situation. Uh, When we get back, maybe we will talk a little bit about the powers involved and how our troops get sent all over the world to do all sorts of things. This is Free Talk Live. Business owners, you want more customers? Accept cryptocurrencies. There's people all around you just waiting to spend money at your store. If only you would take it. I know, you've been waiting till someone else makes it easy. Well, good news. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com adds Bitcoin to your point of sale. Totally free. Use the same equipment you already have, now with Bitcoin. And unlike credit cards, there's no fees. Let the guys at HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com bring new customers to your store. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com This is Free Talk Live, 855-453-FREE is our toll-free number. We'd love to talk to you. And uh, in studio tonight, we have myself, Chris. I'm Ian. Rich Paul. we got breaking news, too. We do have breaking news. When news breaks, we fix it. <laughs> do we? Uh, <laughs> this is not a good story. And to no. me, I'm I'm rather disappointed to hear this, but... Ian, you have a story involving Julian Assange, the yeah. head of WikiLeaks. We're not usually so good at breaking news here, uh, but you know, because usually we're just talking and taking calls about whatever. But I just noticed in the Twitch chat, Wikawea uh, mentions that he's going to be removed from the Ecuadorian embassy soon. Went and took a look, and sure enough, there is a tweet from WikiLeaks. Breaking, a high-level source within the Ecuadorian state has told at WikiLeaks that Julian Assange will be expelled within, quote, hours to days, unquote, using the INA papers, we'll get into that, uh, offshore scandal as a pretext, and that it already has an agreement with the UK for his arrest. So Julian Assange has, has been basically hiding out in the embassy in London, the Ecuadorian uh, embassy. Years. For years. years. And this goes back to some charges that were brought against him from was was it Sweden? Sweden. Yeah. yeah. Uh, involving some some dealings that involved uh, a young woman. And, and those are all, those have all been discredited been now, right? Yes. Yeah, those charges have been dropped as well. Yes. Yeah. But Assange has remained there because he was he was fearful, and I think rightfully so, that there that WikiLeaks and Julian Assange had irritated a whole lot of governments throughout the world. And if he set foot outside of that embassy, the odds were really good that somebody was going to try to pick him up and there was a claim, take him back to, the, to their country there, for charges. At one point, there was a claim that there was 24-hour surveillance by the U.K. police. Uh, I'm not sure which branch, but that they were 24 hours outside of the Ecuadorian embassy yeah. watching for Assange. Yeah. And that was like, it was a controversy in uh, in the UK because, you know, some people are like, why are taxpayers having to pay 24-7 for this monitoring? This is crazy. Right. And, I, you know, we don't follow the news that closely. I presume that's still going on. I would, too. And and Britain has its own brand of of, es- of internal espionage. You have, yeah. I'm not sure exactly what the roles of all these 
are, but GCHQ um, in times past has been used by the United States to spy on its own citizens. Um, you've got MI5, which has either a, a foreign intelligence or a counterintelligence. They got their own players around mm-hmm. the U.S. I mean, we know who they are. It's the NSA. It's the CIA. It's the FBI. Right. Um, but you've got that whole thing going on over there, too. And, you know, there's also a whole murky morass of military and quasi-military organizations out there. There are... Oh, yeah. I'm sure there are black ops going on out there that only a few people know about, and none of those people have any authority <laughs> to have to to be doing what they're doing. Right, skunkworks, black ops. Sure, basically. absolutely. The stuff that doesn't make it into public budgets. When you're ready for it, I think you may have a call on the line, but uh, I do have the release from WikiLeaks, so we can get to yeah, that. Actually, let's. What does that tell you? Okay. Yeah, I'd I'd like to hear that just real quick before I know. Well, it's not quick. Okay. Then we're going to go right to the phones and talk to Sarah from Albuquerque. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes. Ever ever since we got our uh, Democratic mayor. um, When you say we, you're referring to the people in Albuquerque? Yes. Yeah, we got our Democratic mayor. um, How's it feel to be a winner? Well, the thing about the thing about it is that, as I have predicted, all of our crime rate has been going down. All of our robberies and car thefts—that's what all those robberies. criminals were waiting for—was a Democratic mayor. Finally, why didn't you think of that before? Well, the thing is, I, I don't know. I never. I don't. I do not know why. But Mayor Chavez was a, a Democratic mayor, and then he kept our crime rate low. And then they all voted in. And what um, did he do exactly? Did he put on a bandana and some spandex and like go out into the streets, you know, karate chop the the criminals? Like, how did the the mayor actually keep the crime rate low or lower it? Maybe they just recognized well, him as a superior that, criminal. I mean, <laughs> there's <laughs> maybe they just bowed out of respect oh, and oh, man. said, "This guy, we, we can't even this begin guy to compete can with kill. this." <laughs> hundreds you know with with you know just one well, one one wave of roid raging jackbooted thugs <laughs> so uh well, well the thing is the new thing that i have heard was that i never heard of baked um packages and baked cars until he became mayor baked so package oh fake fake you, you mean think, like a bait car do you think uh, these bait. were his ideas yeah, yeah, right. I've never heard of it. Uh, the no, no, no. Just because so you've in. never heard of it doesn't mean they were his ideas. There's a zillion channels on YouTube where, I don't know if it's a zillion, but there are, <laughs> there a, there bunch. are a bunch of channels on YouTube with what they call bait bike videos, and they are so entertaining. Now, whether they're real or not is another question, but they are entertaining nonetheless. So what magic did this uh, Democrat mayor, what, is, what power has he brought that evidently saved Albuquerque from the previous Democrat mayor. No, the, he, he was a Republican. Oh, he was a Republican mayor. Okay. And the, the, only reason he, the only reason he won is because the, the two Democrats just split up the vote. So he wound up getting the 31% or something, 41 That's how he slipped in there the first time. The spoiler but didn't the, spoil the right way. Well, the thing about it is, uh, um, this mayor, he gave out like 400 speeding tickets, like the month of January, like of this month. Like, he did uh, that? I don't know, a couple of months ago, like, 
Wow. So yeah, but that's, that's a lot of people who are going to have a hard time eating this month. <laughs> right. Or she doesn't right. care about that. She's got government money. Or making it to their jobs, not getting fired for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me who called in. You know what, Dave and me, we're on disability. Sarah, you don't care about the victims of speeding tickets, do you? You don't care about their lives. Well, you don't care about how difficult it is. They're just trying to get to work on time. Right. And you want them to have to pay hundreds of dollars to the court system. Well, they always try to speed and run you want over. You want to teach them a lesson, them don't you? What, what's so innocent about, what is so innocent about Sarah. that? Would you support, I mean, would you support bringing back a good paddling? I mean, instead of... Uh, That's an idea. You know? We could get we could get Sarah to be a dominatrix. We could set her up with a riding crop and let her whip business ex- business executives. <laughs> make some who, good money at that, I'm I hear. I'm just yeah. wondering how we're going to pull Joe Biden you know into this. Anyway, Call her you know Mr. You know Spanks a lot. <laughs> You know what I said is that the speeding tickets, it helps reduce crime. That's what he found out. Does it? Sarah, it. thank you for yeah. the call. I'm not sure how uh, speeding, issuing speeding tickets lowers crime. No, that Only technically would increase. If you go by the definition of crime as a you know violation of any government statute or ordinance, then that would actually show an increased level of crime, right? Like if you're right. handing out more speeding tickets, that means more on the there's books. more speeders. It's more dangerous. We need more right. money to fight these speeders. That's it, the thinking. That's uh, how it works. Exactly. There you go. So uh, back to this See, Assange story. Aren't you glad we took that call? I'm not in the least. Really? But no, oh, my I, God. I thought that was great. I'm marking it for a promo. Are you? Good. Yeah. Uh, wow. Thanks, but I'm Sarah. really dying to find out what's going on in London because this, this troubles me. Yeah, I understand. And it's not exactly something that uh, is going to shake out immediately, but it says hours to days uh, before he will possibly be turned over. Julian Assange uh, turned over to the U.K. government. This, This is according to an alleged source inside of the Ecuadorian government. And so here's the detail from... The WikiLeaks website, WikiLeaks.org, actually apparently a sub uh, subdomain, defend.wikileaks.org. On March 26th, WikiLeaks Twitter account announced that President Moreno in Ecuador is being investigated by their Congress for corruption, sparked by the INA papers leak. And we can tell you what that is, because I, had, I hadn't heard about it. Right. Uh, that's coming up. 855 free. What do you think? Is Assange being turned loose just so some other government can scoop him up? Is this just a, a way of getting him off the back of the Ecuadorian president? 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number. You can also hit us up on Discord. You can find out more at discord.lrn.fm. Before you do that, you want to load up the Discord client on your smartphone, on your PC, on your Mac, and make sure you've got a good How internet connection. How many copies connection. of this thing do they need to see? I've got it on Hundreds. my phone and my laptop. Is that or was that an or, not an and? You don't need they don't need to load it up on all these different things to make it work. Good point, Rich. Yes, you can just choose your favorite device, load up the uh, Discord software, and you can connect to us, and you will sound like you are right in the studio with us. And we like to take Discord calls, and uh, we're going to have one coming up here shortly. Right now, we've been talking about Julian Assange, who's been. 
basically in what what is the word I'm looking for? Sort of in in self imposed exile in Dutch, you might say in Dutch within the Ecuadorian um, embassy in London since 2010. That's nine years he's been living in basically something that's the size of an apartment. Well, plus, as uh, as is pointed out in an editorial piece uh, that's actually in Spanish, I had to translate it, Fidel Navarez Internacional, uh, writing at rutacritica.org. He describes it as, for more than half a year, Assange has not been WikiLeaks editor. And has been isolated for one year under a regime quasi-prison by the government of Ecuador. Because remember, he's not just in the Ecuadorian embassy on a cot. In recent months, they say here about a year, uh, Ecuador has put him under much more stringent conditions. Um, I believe his access to the internet is either limited or maybe not at all. I'm not sure exactly what uh, that status was, but he was he was very very limited uh, for the last year. Wow! Why do you think Ecuador is holding on to him in the first place? What do, do you have any well, idea he, what they see to gain? Well, they were I don't know. It's a good question. It was like an asylum kind of thing, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, so he went there for protection, and, and then I think what happened was the Ecuadorian president switched out to this Moreno character that we're going to get into here in a moment, um, and this Moreno guy is not as friendly towards Assange, and that's one of the reasons why the restrictions were put upon him, but also apparently this Ooh. INA Papers controversy that we're, we're going to tell you about uh, is... Oh, I'll wonder if the South Americans blame Assange for Trump. <laughs> well, I don't know what Moreno's uh, political viewpoint is. He he may be friendly to Trump. Honestly, I'm not I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, but in but in this case, I doubt it. I haven't heard him denounced for it. Who, Moreno or Trump? Uh, Moreno. I've heard Trump denounced plenty. It's just you'd think if Moreno was friendly to Trump, Moreno would have been denounced for being friendly to Trump. Per- right now. Perhaps, but we don't pay attention to Ecuadorian news, right? Like we don't hear anything out of what we, we didn't know about the INA papers. So no. let me tell you what those are. Uh, according to the Wikipedia piece, or excuse me, WikiLeaks piece, the INA papers are a set of documents published in February of 2019. So, you know, two months ago. Uh, allegedly uncovering the operations of INA Investment Corporation, an offshore tax haven created by the brother of Ecuadorian President Lenin Moreno. The trove of emails, phone communications, and expense receipts are said to link the president and his family to a series of corrupt and criminal dealings, including money laundering and offshore accounts. The leak has sparked a congressional investigation into President Moreno for corruption. Moreno can't be summoned for a criminal probe, though, while he remains president. He's currently being investigated and risks impeachment. So this is what the INA papers are. It was last week on March 26th, WikiLeaks Twitter account announced that Moreno is being investigated by Ecuador's Congress for corruption sparked by the INA papers leak. So WikiLeaks did not leak the papers. They are saying they didn't leak the papers, and we can get into that. But they announced the fact that this president is being uh, in in Ecuador is being investigated, and he's mad about that. Apparently, the same tweet wow. referenced Moreno's attempt to surrender Assange in exchange for U.S. debt relief, a fact that had been reported by the New York Times. So this Moreno is looking at Julian Assange as a chess piece in the foreign entanglements of the United States. Basically, oh well, how about I give you Trump? How about I give you? Julian Assange, 
and right. you give us some debt relief. Huh? How's that sound? That's a good yeah. deal. Just make that go away. You know, the funny thing is I have no idea what Trump would do with him if he had him. Well, there is actually – that's a good question. What Trump would do would be different than what the Department of Justice might do because Trump doesn't right. know you know, a fraction of the things that they're up to. <laughs> right. Um, and so the Department of Justice in – I think it was late 2018, there was news that came out about – My assumption – and I, I just – let me cut you off for one sec. My assumption is that his fingerprints will be all over whatever they do. Because Assange is such an important part of the political narrative of how he became president, mm-hmm. he has to, oddly enough, he has to give it his total attention to make sure he doesn't get accused of paying too much attention to it. Trump or Assange? Trump. Okay. So in the Assange case- has to give him give it his uh, total attention because it's the only life he has. So yeah. there was news that came out in late 2018 about. Uh, what is likely a secret indictment against Assange. Did you guys hear about that? I did not. When, when it happened. So what happened was there was a criminal case in federal court completely unrelated to Assange. And somebody in the district attorney or the U.S. attorney's office filed a motion to uh, to seal a document in this case. In that motion to seal, it actually had Assange's name in the motion. And what they believe about this motion was it was like a they were they were editing the same motion for Assange. Right. They copied and pasted into this other guy's oh, motion. Geez. They forgot to change all the names. And so it was it was basically a chunk of it was the motion to seal a document in Assange's case, the case that has yet to be revealed against Julian Assange within the United States so-called justice system. Right. So that was very interesting. How do sealed uh, documents contribute to a speedy and public trial? I would well, like he hasn't know. been charged yet at this point. Right, right this but point. it sounds like this so actually got entered in, entered as a pleading into some unrelated case. Right, so what right. happened was it was a mistake by the on the part of the U.S. Oh, I see, I see what you're saying. They, I see what you're saying. They copied, they and, copied pasted. and pasted And they, they, you know, some lazy mm. bureaucrat. Wow. Forgot to change the name from Assange to, you know, Mr. Smith or whoever the other guy was. Right. And then the media who was looking at Mr. Smith's case saw that because they're following the case, sure. whatever it was. They saw them like, oh, my God, this is for Julian Assange. Breaking news. Yeah. There's a likely a secret case or indictment against Assange. So now you got Moreno down in Ecuador trying to exchange Assange for, you know, for U.S. debt relief. Uh, the following day, Foreign Minister Jose Val- Valencia said that well, WikiLeaks... I'm sorry, is yep. that actually the cause that he's saying, or is that our conjecture? Uh, th- it, there's a New York Times report that they're linking here on WikiLeaks okay. about Moreno's attempt to surrender Assange. Let's see here. Yeah, Manafort so, discussed deal with Ecuador to hand over Assange to U.S. Yeah, I, I don't doubt that. We'll, we'll continue this discussion and a uh, fascinating story. Yeah, it's crazy. And your calls, 855-450-FREE. Assange is expected to be handed over to the U.K. government within hours to days, according to WikiLeaks. Wow. We'll be following that closely. This is Free Talk Live. Did you know you can legally exit the U.S. federal income tax system? Well, it's true, and thousands of American nationals are doing it. The 16th Amendment and the Internal Revenue Code are legal, but only in a limited jurisdiction. This is the basis behind the voluntary nature of the income tax. 
Learn the exit strategy provided by Congress. Find out more by visiting WeissParis.com and watch our numerous videos. That's W-E-I-S-S-Paris.com. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number. And we'd love for you to use it. We'd love to talk to you. Right now, we've been talking about Julian Assange, who looks like he may be on his way out of the Ecuadorian um, embassy Not in voluntarily. London. Not voluntarily, unfortunately. And this all may come down to a petty, a petty president in Ecuador who is upset that his name is being brought up in conjunction with a very messy deal called the INA Papers. Um, it's, a, it's a corruption investigation going on in Ecuador. But before we get back into that, I want to tell you about ForkFest 2019. Coming did, up fast. I know. Did you miss ForkFest 2018, Ian? Most people did. I Most did not. Most people did. You did not. You were there. Start planning now to attend ForkFest 2019. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians next summer from July. That's no, this summer. Sorry, that it's old is, copy. This is all. Well, that's Cross all right. Cross that out. In just a couple months, from June 13th to June 18th for ForkFest 2019 at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. We love it there. Forkfest is a fork of another camp, uh, another of other camping parties in the woods, and you're invited to come and create whatever experience you'd like others to have. Forkfest is decentralized, which means no one is in charge, so it's up to you to create what happens, or you can simply relax and go camping with other Liberty lovers. For more information, to connect with other Forkfesters via the unofficial Telegram chat or Forkfest forum. Visit ForkFest.Party. That's ForkFest.Party. I really hope I can make it up there this year. It's With work, it's always you know, a challenge always to try to get up there, but that, that's one I really should make it to. Well, uh, Sunday, you're, you normally don't... You've closed the store for... Well, no, you're going to reopen on Tuesdays, aren't you? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Well... <laughs> anyway, we'll see. There's some internal debate <laughs> yeah, on that. There is somebody <laughs> well, if, really likes to yeah. have Tuesdays. Off. If you like having those days off and you you want to take that day off, then uh, that would be the end of Forkfest. So Sunday and Monday night are the last two nights of Forkfest. Uh, we're implying here that the store could not survive without me for an entire day without. It probably could, but wouldn't you want to bring Colleen up too? Well, I'd love yeah. to, unless Colleen would not have as much fun fork festing as I might oh, have. Oh, man, who wouldn't be, you know, what What person who enjoys the beauty of nature and the company of uh, libertarians would not enjoy Colleen. fork fest? No She's offense. not a nature girl, huh? She, she, no, we've we've stayed. No, we've <laughs> we've gone camping. We've stayed in some some rest, some hotels that were not four-star. They might have been three-star. Yeah. That's camping. Mm. To, yeah. to Colleen. Yeah, to Colleen, so... <laughs> So wow. she's not much uh, much for that. <laughs> but anyway, um, have right, you guys then. tried getting a room up there? It's always a, a room, challenge. You two. Well, we <laughs> well the, we the have. hotel there. I wouldn't call even uh, three star in that case. I mean, it's Rogers is great, and it's not a terrible motel, but it's not uh, you know yeah. the Ritz Carlton. 
One year, uh, I don't expect a motel to be a Ritz Carlton. <laughs> well, it sounds like Colleen might, especially Colleen since might. you know the Ritz Carlton is a hotel. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If a motel was the Ritz Carlton, I would stop calling it a motel. Yeah. What oh. defines uh, what is the difference between a hotel and a motel? The motel was uh, designed to support the traveler by car. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's where it's typically short for the, motor lodge. I yeah. understand what it's short for, but yeah. But the I idea mean, normally that, the motels are smaller than than hotels. You drive right into the parking lot, but hotels have parking lots too. Does it have to do with how many stories they have? I don't uh, know if you know, that's one of the differences. It. I, I think you could. I mean, really, if it supports uh, transportation by car yeah. mm-hmm. close to your room, you can back in and unload your stuff. That's that's what yeah, I think. Generally, about I mean, a big difference, at least as a rule of thumb, is most motels that I've stayed at have had doors that open to the, to the outside, outside of the building. Right, right. Um, Whereas hotels have hotels hallways. usually open to the inside. Yeah. Good Interesting. point. But I think that's there's an, some that's crossover. That's a blurry line. It, I don't know. I would say that's a pretty key difference. It could I be, but sometimes be. you'll see that on the bottom floor of a of a hotel as well, especially in a beach town. This is true, but we're going to go to Discord where we've got Bad Slave. Bad Slave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, you guys. Hi there. How you doing? Hey, uh, I really would love to fantasize about... Uh-oh. Uh you know the rescue of Assange. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, that cleaned itself up on its own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, we we, I, we were know, hovering I, I, over I, the uh, over the dump button here with with bated breath. <laughs> oh, come on. And then, you know, you came <laughs> right back into the world of the living. Thank you. Weeks ago, uh, years ago. Uh listen, I I think that you know, there are enough people out there, particularly of the hacker. I think there's more than enough people out there. <laughs> you know, that are that are support Assange. So what is your you vision? Know? What is your, your fantasy? My, you know, my vision is something like, you know, as a last ditch rescue effort coming from President Carter. Uh, Carter's not good at rescue uh, Yeah, Carter's not the man for this job. He tried to rescue somebody once, and he lost like 18 people. He could be a better delegator of that than than he was. He's 94 years old. You know, I mean, but it would be his idea, you know. Now, if you you wanted him to, you know. a A gift to the American people. Because I think that ultimately that's that's what would be happening. What right? are you suggesting here? Are you saying Jimmy Carter would like you know grab a machete and a machine gun and like you know no 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 he would no, crash no. his, uh, his I, helicopter I, I, in the in the middle of the, the desert best stealth helicopter oh, and come in get him take him a uh, stealth and, helicopter you know, and, and I don't think those exist. I mean, if we're going to do this in fantasy, should we hire Ronnie Reagan for yeah. this job? <laughs> No, you know, take him to uh, Moscow or wherever. In a uh, helicopter. Yeah, sure. Well, Wait, this is Carter we're taking to I mean, Moscow? I'm not an expert on uh, military well, they vehicles. they might need one fuel stop, yeah. but I bet you we could find a fuel stop. Oh, my. But but you your know? basic wow. idea is is that somehow somebody, some patriot actually sees that in this whole thing, Assange is truly the patriot. He's the right. one who should yes. be rescued. Thank you. Somehow, Not I doubt this... that would be Jimmy Carter that would figure that out. Well, no, I know, yeah. but it's just a you know a, a kind of a whack job thought. But yes, I, uh, okay. Speaking know, of I, whack I, job I'm thoughts, I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out there into the world 
that maybe somebody will do something and and keep Assange, you know, from being well. Whoever it is, better get down there right now. Whoever it is, because he could be released. He could be released within hours, is what WikiLeaks. Yeah, I'll tell you something that's bizarre about Jimmy Carter. Have you ever looked at a side by side picture of Jimmy Carter? And uh, and uh, Kennedy, JFK. I've not. Oh. oh my God! They're like the spitting image of each other. Really? Yeah. I don't know. If it's I'm really look it up that. on look it up on the web. I you know I'm not an aesthetic guy. I'm not uh, I'm not an artist. So look it up on the web and you make your own determination we'll we'll uh, get to that rich but bad slave uh thank you for the call um i don't know if i'm seeing that uh but hey who if you're knows? seeing a rescue from uh, jimmy carter or even anyone else <laughs> well i to rich's point i'm not sure if i'm i'm imagining maybe it's it's just age but i'm not seeing a spitting image of jfk oh, and jimmy carter i'll i'll try and find you the uh the images that made me say that um they I, must be two very specific images it was two images that think. i saw together and and it was you could definitely see an, an age progression between the uh the pictures because you know one was taken in the early well yeah and, six, and jfk know. quit quit aging <laughs> well he did it's true it's true uh we're Woo! gonna stay on the phones where we've got dave from new hampshire dave you're on free talk live up oh, dave With i just did enough that time right to tease us david tease us dave Dave, you tease. <laughs> Dave, Stand I'm going to I'm gonna put you back time. on hold. Not enough time, but we're going to get to you in just a moment. Uh, and uh, what do you think? JFK and Jimmy Carter, are they spitting images of each other? I don't see it, but maybe you do. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Live tonight, like we're live every night, 365 days a year. 855-453 is our toll-free number. And we want to give, I, I like to, I like to do shout-outs. You know, that's like a radio thing. Shouldn't we be doing shout-outs all the time? A special shout-out ah! to you, Rich. There we go. No, please, no shout-outs all the time. That Come on, awful. man. I, I just want to make this, this show needs to be more morning zoo. What ah. do you think? No. No. I'd like to reach out to all the brothers in the band, each and every one of whom is a bad mother in his own right. Well, in this case... Waking uh, up in the morning with Free Talk Live. Oh, there you go. You got the voice down, too. <laughs> We're going to give a shout-out to Henry K., who is a silver amplifier. What is an amplifier, and why is he silver? Thanks, Henry. Yeah, thank you very much. AMP uh, stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. It's a program that we have here at Free Talk Live that allows uh, our listeners to help promote the show, to get us on more radio stations and spread the ideas of liberty to more people. And that's important to us, and and a lot of our listeners uh, find it important enough to part with a couple bucks every month, and that is seriously appreciated. It only takes $5 to join the AMP program. Henry uh, K., in this case, he is a silver amplifier, which means that he is donating $10 a month, and that is super, and it's really important. Uh, that that helps us uh, reach out to radio 
program managers and and right. get our show on the air in more places. We're almost at 200, which is a huge number. Yeah, we've lost a few and gained a few and lost a few. and It's slowly but getting we ac- up there. We actually give Sounds you like the... my Weight Watchers history. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we actually give you the real numbers, too. We're not one of those. Yeah. Uh, we're at 2,400 uh, affiliates. Not because, even possible. Because there aren't that bu- many talk stations. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yes, I get your point. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of shows will talk about, you know, once once they've been added, we're counting them they have, whether they come or go or right, leave. They never, re- they could never a station them. that wasn't a talk station get our show, though? In I mean, theory, but they, why would they? Well, I mean, maybe they're punk. Maybe there actually was a guy. I, we may actually be on one of them. There actually is a radio Yay. station owner in uh, Washington State who airs Free Talk Live on his talk station, who wanted to experiment with putting us on, I think it was actually like an alt-rock or something, some kind of a rocker um, in the in the evenings. And honestly, I haven't heard back from him on how that was going. But uh, that, that a, could... sta- a, a music station? Why would anybody do that? Oh, yeah, we're doing that. Yeah, um, I, I think that he might have been doing that on like a weekend, but I honestly don't recall. Interesting. Hey, we're going to go back to the phones where we had Dave uh, from New Hampshire. He called in right before. Dave's not here. Dave, you there? Yes. All right. You. Hey, what do you got for us? Well, you guys know Carla Garrick. Mm-hmm. We do. The she's, in the, she's the former president of the Free State Project. And, uh, yeah, she's in, she's in New Hampshire, and she uh, ran Senate recently. Uh, she's a, a pro-independent person. She mm-hmm. runs uh, uh, the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence. That's right. Yeah, yep. that's what she moved over to after, uh, I guess, leaving the Free State Project's presidency, uh, is, is to a pro-secession organization which i'm a big fan of i i love the uh the foundation for new hampshire independence i i hope they do more is there like some breaking news about the foundation or what's going on no just about her she's continuing to become one of my favorite free staters she's always doing something mm-hmm. uh, i guess what she did this week was a or maybe it was last week a uh uh litter pickup event in a relatively well i don't know if it's a bad neighborhood but in manchester yeah that's good. Anything that gets gets the name out there, gets the ideas out there, that that's a win. And I applaud oh, yeah. Carla for uh, for keeping it up. She unsuccessfully ran for state senate. Yeah. Uh, She's tried twice. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, Dave. Next time you see Carla, tell her uh, if at first you don't secede, try try again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very good. One of the things I liked about her campaign was she didn't shy away from being a secessionist right. even though there was some pressure against her to uh to do just that and she she embraced it fully and made it i think one of her if not one of her main issues she, she certainly didn't hide from it absolutely dave thanks for the call um yeah and it, it's tough to take on you know it helped kind of since the civil war <laughs> since the civil war secession's gotten a bad rap um right but it's not a bad idea just this idea that smaller entities you know uh can do better than big entities that we could dare stand up against the ideas of of central planning mm-hmm. it, it it seems sort of foreign but you know we've got big groups big moneyed groups in california embracing the idea we've got a, another group out of new york state which is advocating a sort of break the state up into three different mm-hmm. not there's a new not, york breakup and i support yeah. all of those uh, yeah, just to make New York City a city state, 
is uh, okay. Well, I mean, the- I heard generally that New Yorkers hate New York City and would love to see it jettisoned into the ocean, but I hadn't heard well, there was and an vice actual versa. The city hates the state. Yeah, what this is, what they are talking about. This latest one is to break up the state into four uh, autonomous fi- political groups. So you really? don't affect, you don't actually leave the union. This is what they're saying, but governance within the state would be between these different which is basically manhattan and three other so this would be another political subdivision that was made up of counties and the state was made up of them it's sort of like that the only thing that would continue would be the amount of representation that new york would have at the federal level so I'll pull up some more information. I, we'll I actually talk about just this. found something yeah. on, uh, well, no, this is old. This is 2009. You're saying this is recent? No, this is recent. This okay. is within the last, we'll, we'll dig up some more information. Because in 09 there was a state representative, or excuse me, state senator, who apparently put a bill in to ask New Yorkers the question, quote, do you support the division of New York into two separate states? Yeah, this See, is. I would support the separation of New York into two states but it should be, from my point of view, New York City and New York State. You know, they used to have city-states back in the day where there was no state government. The city government was all there was. Right. This one, it's... uh, I mean, New York City already has its own foreign policy. If you go to newamsterdamny.org, you'll see their plan, and it's divide New York State into one state with three completely autonomous regions that's not the, that's not the same idea as uh, no. three states though right? no no what does and, that even mean three <laughs> autonomous regions within one state how does that even work maybe we'll talk to that uh talk about that in just a moment but i want to get to the phone calls where we've got herbert uh he's calling in from rhode island listening on twitch herbert you're on free talk live hi there gentlemen this is herbert calling from Cohab, rhode island well, hello, Herbert. What do you uh, what do you want to share with us tonight? Hello there, little boy. I wanted to share to y'all, since y'all such big empty statists and whatnot, and fans of the popsicles as well, what y'all think about these oppressive nudity laws? I'm sick and tired of seeing people, especially young people, being forced to cover up everywhere. <laughs> well, Ian, would you like you to handle like that one? You sound like a towel. <laughs> hey, don't you make fun of me, you bald bastard. Don't you sound like a towel. <laughs> what, do I think? what do I think of nudity laws? Uh, yeah, I presume you mean the yeah. laws against nudity, like in strip clubs or on beaches? Oh, I mean, everywhere, Mr. Ian. I mean, for instance, I was in Amsterdam. It's not just too so hard to even understand you with that voice. I can't I even know, make, a, really make out exactly difficult. what you're saying there. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for the call. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate it. We got to work on that impression, bro. We can, we can was that Tally he was know. doing? Oh, I'm know. sure it was Mr. Hanky. Mr. Hanky? I was assuming. Oh, Did you okay. have somebody else? I don't know. That's interesting. Right. I didn't yeah. think of that as a candidate. I was thinking maybe it was Tally. I, th- I did think he sounded like a towel. Well, I just to, to answer the question, um, I, I think that uh, you know nudity should be allowed as long as it's on public property. And it, of course, this is tragedy of the commons. Right. So ideally, the libertarian view is to end the idea of private property. Excuse me, end the idea of public property entirely and have all property be private. In which case, 
if a prude wants to own some property and have no mm-hmm. nudity allowed, then they should be able to do that. Be my guest. I want to end the idea that all property should operate under the same rules. Because yeah, then if should've. you want to live your life a different way, where are you going to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I kind of agree with the point that, you know, the, the, the issue is, is the erosion of property rights and the fact that we do have commonly owned things. That's that's where our disagreements arise. Nobody cares what I do on my property. Some people do. Some people might, but they can't see. They call themselves see. the town. Yeah, well, they certainly do. Uh, but they can't <laughs> see most of it, and that's that's why right. I chose you're, to live where I live. You're only in danger from people generally when they consider you to be an enemy tribe or when they consider you to be their tribe. I have no doubt that my town considers me the enemy, uh, which I will wear proudly. 855-450 free. We'd love to hear you join us. We will be back. More on Assange, too. Coming up. Oh, yes. Free Talk Live. This is Michael Dean from the Freedom Fiends. I've run websites since 1996 and have used over a dozen web hosts in that time. AgoristHosting.com is the only one that hasn't broken my heart. Agorist Hosting's uptime and service is stellar, and their DDoS mitigation is the best I've seen. That's important because if you tell the truth in this world, you'll ruffle feathers. And some people will try dirty tricks to silence your voice. No matter what the haters hit us with, Agorist Hosting keeps our websites online. If you have a mission-critical commercial presence or a world-changing activism site, you cannot tolerate any skullduggery. So go with agoristhosting.com. Have a WordPress or blog site, but you're not satisfied with performance or uptime? Or just want raw hosting? Want to pay with Bitcoin? Agorist Hosting specializes in high-performance hosting with personalized service. Go to agoristhosting.com and click on the button that says Get Hosted. That's agoristhosting.com. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live in our number three. Our number is 855-450-FREE. If you would like to tell us what's on your mind, we love to hear from you. We really appreciate when you call up and change the subject completely. Uh, We bring in stories. We talk about things that we find compelling and interesting. That doesn't mean that you're going to. So if you have something else you would rather talk about, Give us a call. Once again, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Or hit us up on Discord. Discord, you can sound like you're right here in the studio with us. To learn more about that, load up the Discord client on your smartphone, on your laptop, and with your high-speed internet connection and a decent microphone, you will sound great. You can find out more at discord.lrn.fm. And uh, just to kind of recap where we've been tonight, we talked a little bit about uh, Congress possibly invoking some of their war powers, uh, responsibilities, and saying no to Yemen. That would be really interesting. We uh, were also talking about Julian Assange, uh, which is big news. Julian Assange is the leader or the former leader, I guess, of WikiLeaks, who has been living in the Ecuadorian uh, embassy in London for going on 
what did we say? It's been several years. Several years. If not six or at more. At this point, he has made the president of Ecuador unhappy, and basically they're saying... Well, it, whoa, it I mean, it he's blaming south. Assange, but what made the president of Ecuador unhappy is the fact that he is now embroiled in a scandal sure. uh, called the INA Papers that are t- tied directly to his brother and, I guess, also the president himself, Lenin Moreno, uh, which has linked the president and his family to a series of corrupt and criminal dealings, this according to WikiLeaks, uh, including money laundering and offshore accounts. So that has led, of course, WikiLeaks to report on it because, you know, them's the facts. Yeah. That's the scandal mm. happening in Ecuador right now. And the idea is now Ecuador's president has apparently in recent I don't know, maybe months or weeks. I'm not sure when the New York Times reported on this, but went to uh, Ecuador and said, or the president from Ecuador went to the U.S. and said, hey, uh, how about I give you Assange and you give us some U.S. debt relief? There's more coming up on that story. Absolutely. Everybody loves a truth teller until he starts telling your truth. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) Hey, we're going to go to the phones where we've got Vernon. Uh, Vernon's listening to us on WGOW. Vernon, you're on Free Talk Live. That's in Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Vernon, you there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yep. I can. What's on your mind? What's on your mind? Oh, that, uh, he was trying to imitate the old guy, the old geezer on Family Guy. (laughs) Yeah, okay. That's what yeah. somebody said in our uh, chat room on Twitch as well. Right. Yeah. Um, I thought he was trying I, to do tally. You're referring to a previous caller, by the way, for listeners just tuning yes. in. Were you calling about something else? Um, I called to say that um, I agree that the states should secede from the Union. Hell All yeah. Of them should, because Hell yeah. it's not what it was intended to be. It was not intended for one central government to run the state. And there's no fixing it. It's never going to be whatever it was intended. We'll be the sons of the Whiskey Rebellion. The Northeast will rise again. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. I may live in the South, but I was born a Yankee. Is that right? Well, I was born in the South, and I moved up to uh, New, uh, New Hampshire. I was born in the North, and I moved to the South, and I moved to the North. Yeah, here we are. But I agree. I think I think he's right. I think absolutely every state should secede. There's no reason to have the federal government around. All they're it does wasting is your money. They're making enemies. Yeah. They're, uh, they're you get nothing you know, out of it. Imposing yeah. the results of the wrongheaded policies of one state on another. We should all we should have fifty unique states. They put a guy in prison for running a website. His name's Ross Ulbricht, and they want to put another guy in prison. His name's Julian Assange. Yeah. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead, Vernon. Um, did you know? Did you know that Washington D.C. is not part of the United States? Ooh, now this is an interesting well, uh, yeah. conspiracy theory. Go ahead. It is. It is. It is not a state. Correct. It is not a protectorate. It is not um, what they call. Um, um, it's the district. It's the, the capital region. Columbia. Yeah, yeah, but it's the District of Columbia, but it is not part of the United States. It's not listed anywhere as part of the United States. Yeah, the original Constitution referred to something being delegated as the capital, uh, but it was never really spelled out exactly how that would be. 
Mm. Um, interestingly, and it changed. Right. They started out in Philadelphia, and then they moved to uh, D.C., right? Well, and New York uh, yeah. there for a while, too. Oh, that's right. It was New York. Yes. Um, I, I happen to have lived near Hagerstown, Maryland, which has another town close to it called Williamsport, Maryland. Williamsport was where George Washington wanted the capital to be. And I will say that oh, wow. Williamsport, Maryland is what you get for coming in second. <laughs> wow. It's it's certainly not D.C. Uh, Vernon, what else you got for in us? In a good way or in a bad way? It's no, I, not a good I way. Just, that, that was my biggie, that. And I asked the guy who answered the phone about a commercial you guys had on about opting out of the federal income tax. The what commercial a- said that there, the Congress had written in when they started it and it was voluntary had written into it a way to opt out to no longer that's interesting and then we met those guys uh the the weiss paris guys uh, weissparis.com we met them at the uh anarchapulco event no kidding they have some very interesting ideas if if you like the idea that the you know dc isn't part of the united states you probably would enjoy this the stuff you'd read on their website thanks for the call man hey thanks vernon appreciate it peace uh, we're going to stay on the phones where we've got Greg calling in from New York. Greg, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, I just wanted, first of all, to address the previous caller. It's an interesting question. Is Washington, D.C. part of the United States? It's definitely not part of any state, and that was by design because the founders didn't want uh, the federal government to be under the control or jurisdiction of any state. Correct. But uh, originally it was... Uh, carved out of territory of Maryland and Virginia, and then the territory of Virginia was returned to Virginia. So it's just a federal district, but it's technically not under the jurisdiction of any state. Yeah, and it's pretty much ruled by Congress. Congress sort of has uh, responsibility mm-hmm. for funding and and some level. They finally it did get some It has its own city council, but it has to go through Congress in order to get approval on stuff, right? Mm. I believe that's yeah. the case, yeah. I don't even um, know. I know it's complex. <laughs> that it is. Uh, Greg, you also want to talk about the stock market? Yeah. So I find these interesting definitions, uh, socialism and capitalism, uh, for the last 10 years, people have sort of been duking it out. And there is sort of this sense that socialism and capitalism are totally opposed. And then there's this weird thing that people basically call whatever they don't like socialism if they are, you know, free market capitalists. Like, for example, they may point to the USSR where the state would own a lot of things, right. which in economic terms would normally be called state capitalism, right, when the state owns a bunch of things. But then they would call it socialism. Well, well it was in the title, right? Yeah. Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. Yeah, and socialism is generally... I mean, in theory, they'll say it's when the community as a whole owns the owns the resources. But we all know that's code for a bunch of government thugs will tell us that they represent us and then they will allocate our resources as benefits them. So that's just more cronyism. Central planning. What what keeps people free is free markets. So if you don't like what a company is doing you can go compete with them without permission from anybody we like to argue about socialism so if it's okay with you greg i'm going to put you on hold and we'll come back 
And I'll talk to you a second time. <laughs> I know. It almost felt like a setup there. But our number is 855-450-FREE. What do you think? Is socialism the same as capitalism? Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's our toll-free number. If you'd like to call us up and join in the conversation, we'd love to have you. And um, I wanted to tell you a little bit about Twitch, Twitch twitch.lrn.fm. If you go there, you can not only listen to a radio show, but you can watch a radio show. How crazy is that? Uh, But what we do have are a lot of fans who like to watch the show. We've got cameras set up here in the studio, and they uh, like to talk about what we're talking about. There's not only video, but there's also uh, text chat. And I don't know, does does Twitch have voice chat? I guess it's pretty much just us. Um, But it's a, a pretty vibrant community over there. We're trying to build up our Twitch user base. There's some benefits that the show will receive if we can get some more people watching us on Twitch. To me, it's more about the uh, the benefit of being able to reach other people. Absolutely. Uh, because, you know, it's not about the money. We're not concerned about the whatever few few cents Twitch might bring in or whatever. Oh, but, no. But getting to have, you know, possibly hundreds more people find the show through reaching a certain level of yes. popularity on Twitch will mean more people finding the ideas of freedom. To me, that's the, the primary motivation. Yeah. And to be mm. clear, I am an unpaid spokesperson because I won't make a penny if we have a thousand switch, uh, Twitch subscribers. But, well, now we're talking about viewers. Worth every dime. Hold on, just to clarify, we're viewers. talking about viewers, not subscribers. We actually have about 60 subscribers right now, which is, nice. I think, almost a record for our channel. And those are the people who have mostly uh, sort of signed up with the Twitch Prime. So if if you've got Amazon Prime, this is one of the benefits of having Amazon Prime is you get one free Twitch subscription per month, which you can assign to your favorite channel. And so I think probably like 59 out of the 60 or so have done that, and then maybe like one or two people have just straight up signed up by paying Twitch five bucks a month. But uh, again, that's not about the money for us, because if you want to give money to Free Talk Live and be effective at it, uh, you can do it through the AMP program at amp.freetalklive.com or tip.lrn.fm, and then Free Talk Live gets more out of it. In fact, if somebody goes to tip.lrn.fm during the show, and we notice it, and we will, because it'll pop up into our chat, it'll pop up on the screen... Uh, I'll usually hand out cash right here in the studio. So actually you would benefit from from something like that, but not from having more viewers, if that makes sense. Correct. Although I, more viewers may result in more tips. But. <laughs> Which is a good mm, thing. Yeah. And we've had a couple nights when uh, it's gone kind of crazy in we here. We had one guy throw in a $90 tip one night. I split it up three ways in the studio. That was great. We're going to get back to the phones where we've got Greg from New York. Uh, he was talking about stock market examples for socialism. Uh Greg, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, guys. So okay. please continue with your thoughts. So I just wanted to clear up a lot of the uh, confusion and meanings around the word socialism and capitalism. Um, you know, I'm, I call myself a social, uh, social libertarian or libertarian socialist because I also oppose vast concentrations of power in the hands of a few people. But I don't only oppose it when it comes to states, uh, people out of touch with their community, but also 
large corporations and private concentrations of wealth. And so if you look at this country in the United States, okay, we are actually ruled, or rather our economic system is organized largely around corporations. Corporations are our means of production. And Most oligarchy? Of the stuff that we corporations are not the means of production. Corporations are government legal fiction constructs that basically exist to protect the wealthy, uh, to protect the politically connected from liability for their actions. So you do not have to have a corporation to do business. You just can help people and provide a product and provide a service. Mm -hmm. The reason why people incorporate, especially moms and pops, uh, is because it does provide some level of protection to, uh, you know, to, to incorporate to some extent from this system that's been forced upon us, which is the corporate system has been forced upon us, no doubt about it. In fact, you could even argue that without government corporations, the corporations that are so big and powerful today wouldn't exist because they'd be subject to market competition. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get off on a prophecy now, but according to, to my church, corporations are golems. And Your church a, of the invisible hand? You yes, mean? church of the invisible hand. And, and a golem is uh, if you're familiar with uh, Jewish mysticism, it's a creature that was created uh, by wizards um, to go out and do their bidding, uh, and it was created without a heart or a soul, and it nearly always turned on its creator and ended up doing a lot more damage than good. Mm, sounds and relatively that Well, <laughs> also, uh, the corporate. I just want to describe life in the United States because it's often said, that in the Soviet Union, you were you were indoctrinated to serve the state, and then you drank yourself silly because with vodka because life was so hard. Well, in the United well, States, well, and also because you were Russian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some things you're I not going to beat. Go ahead. But within the United States, currently today in the United States, forty percent of Americans are one paycheck away from either homelessness or mercy of the landlord. They put their children, both parents work for corporations usually. Uh, half of the American workers work for corporations. They put their children in public school, government school, so they can be raised to serve not the state, but corporations. Mm -hmm. Those uh, kids are medicated for ADD or ADHD, usually with methamphetamines, while the parents have an opioid epidemic now, and they are not very happy, and they have antidepressants as well. So One in four what, women. Yeah. So, what is your alternative? Because, because right now, I'm I'm with you in that we live in some form of oligarchy, that that our lives are controlled, uh, some through politicians, but through people that are controlling the politicians. It's a what, cluster what, bang. What is your so, uh, libertarian socialist view of how things should be? Well, I believe first of all that government will eventually, a lot of government functions will be replaced by technology. I'm not just saying that. I'm building a lot of it myself. Uh, the post office has already been replaced by email. Um, you know, our marketplaces, our, our meeting places and coffee are no longer the, the meeting halls. They are now online. Okay. All of these things are replacing. So what's Are there going to be robots the out there randomly shooting black people? Uh, who knows? 
Oh, I mean, that is a function of our government, <laughs> so is. I just wanted to, let, to know if you were going to re- replicate it, you know. Certainly current. <laughs> I see. I see. Well, no, they'll be shooting purple people. Okay. Or, uh, well, groovy. I, I mean, I'm hoping they won't hurt anybody because that purple guy probably just got, you know, left out in the cold or something. So, Will, you're exactly. libertarian socialist. Uh, is there some taking care of people who can't take care of themselves? Uh, I assume you don't want to rely on crazy ideas like charity. Would you want me to have to contribute to your society to help take care of those who cannot take care of themselves? I mean, sure, there should be charity, but I don't think people should rely on charity. Just like elderly relied on charity before Social Security, and they lived in poor houses. Certainly, I don't think their lot was better then. But uh, look, I think um, there are certain types of freedom, and I define freedom in the way that I think the average person defines freedom, which is that you're not coerced, neither by uh, a government, but also not by a landlord trying to evict you or hunger in your in your belly. So those are also very coercive things. You got to work for McDonald's or someone, some right. corporation. I do appreciate the call, Greg. Hunger is coercive. I, yeah, I will come back to that statement when we come back, whether you're still here or not. Yeah, we had to drop Greg, but uh, some interesting Sorry, ideas. Greg, I hope there. you had we'll, a good landing. We'll talk. Eight fifty five, four fifty three. Free talk live. Bitcoin.com wants you to know about SaveItPurse.com. Since launching in 2014, over 200,000 users have saved an average of 15% for a combined $4 million using Bitcoin, or BTC. And now, you can use Bitcoin Cash, BCH, to fund your account. You can save between 5 to 33% on things you're going to buy anyway when you shop using SaveItPurse.com. Add items to your cart, fund your account, select your discount, and save. SaveItPurse.com. SaveATPurse.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. We've been listening to you and your phone calls all night long, and there will be no better way for me to finish out the night than to continue to hear from you. And uh, we've got a couple people on the line. We're going to get to them. But right now, I did want to talk to Free Market Penguin, Free Market Penguin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, uh, greetings, uh, Colonel and Minister and uh, your 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 Excellency or whatever. Um, Who's the Colonel? Is that you, Chris? Uh, that'd be you. I'm okay. going to sound your ring. <laughs> I usually go by His Holiness. Those are my pronouns. Yeah, and oh, uh, yes. I, I was a listed man, so I worked for a living. You've been promoted. Oh, anyway. Congratulations. <laughs> Great. You waited a long time for that one. Battlefield promotion. Hmm. So what's on your yep, mind? Yep. Um, oh, I just, uh, hearing my man Greg call, I just wanted to call and say, man, I just want to uh, agree with everything he said and, and everything that he typically does say. I mean, he's, he's pretty much spot on as a libertarian. So you agreed with his yeah. statement that uh, hunger is coercive? I think Rich wanted to speak to that. Well, it, 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 I don't think it's literally hunger is coercive. Like if you don't seek food, obviously not. But if, if you are uh, forced through, through um, limited means of, of being able to obtain food, then it, it, it certainly can be. But I, I want to say real quickly first um, that I – I understand he's come. He he thinks, oh, I'm coming from a left wing perspective. I'm a libertarian socialist. I just consider that libertarianism and maybe using leftist 
language. I mean, because to be honest with you, uh, in a in a free market society, but he doesn't uh, believe in like landlords and private property, and as I understand it, I mean, um, in a free market about- society, uh, uh, people are able to uh, decide upon the property norms and uh, the 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 market chooses that benefits people um, the mo- individually. So. Basically, now, is uh, the system you're describing here mutualism or uh, or what? What's it called? I'm really into mutualism. I'm really into mutualism, but actually, any of the libertarian property ethics um, all have some aspect of use built in, which um, uh, you, you know, it, it, any of the libertarian property ethics from mutualism, Georgism, or Lockean property ethics would be a vast improvement upon the status property. Uh, property organiza- organization we have now. Maybe so, but should a items. landlord be able to evict a deadbeat tenant? Well, the argument for um, most of these things, uh, like for example, the argument that mutualists will make will tend to be, and, and, and probably this doesn't cover all mutualists, but um, the, the ones that I'm exposed to, they'll tend to not argue against like the communists, the socialists that want to forcibly abolish any practices, but through uh, free market competition uh, and, and through, for example, the reduction in scarcity of land from all the government and corporate land being able to be homesteaded, which is able to be homesteaded under a, a Lockean system mm-hmm. too. But in addition, mutualist, mutualist specifically, which is mm-hmm. not what I exclusively believe in, but also believe in an occupancy and use, so uh, an abolition or a, a, you know, a, a non recognition of absentee property so rights. hold on let me, let me just clarify something yeah. here I, as somebody who doesn't mm-hmm. know a whole lot about mutualism uh, but also likes the idea of homesteading and you know people being able to do that and and i'm not real clear on what the ideal property rights scenario should be i i don't like the idea that somebody should just be able to have a bunch of land and do nothing with it so like i can understand mm-hmm. some of this so is, and is mutualism your- does have a land standard that does something about that my understanding is mutualism is basically lifetime tenancy um when when you homestead and so basically what that means is if if you abandon it if you walk away from it then somebody else can come in and and homestead it sure but if i'm not abandoning it and instead i want to rent it out Mm. um is that possible in this system because what i heard from greg and what i've heard from his previous calls is very anti-landlord very anti i think that you could i think that renting land under that system and correct me if i'm wrong here would be rare because there's land available for homesteading there is so you don't have to well and and one hold would on. expect there, there on. would there continue is, to well, be. Well, why? Land is a finite resource. Eventually, if there's enough homesteading, enough migration into that resource, right. the land's going to get occupied to to a large extent. And at that point, mm-hmm. and even at the point where it's not occupied, not everybody wants to move onto the outskirts and start their own thing, right? Somebody wants to move into a city and mm-hmm. you know have a job in downtown Keene. They're going to have to probably rent a place from somebody who's willing to give up that spot. Uh, to to rent it out quite possibly and that's and that's the thing is renting out a building is not the same as renting out a, p- a piece of land yeah um, yeah it I sort of can too it, it i mean a building is a thing that somebody built and obviously it belongs to somebody because mm-hmm. somebody built it on what on on land I it's, mean, it's, it's it's on land but 
Um, it's an improvement you know, upon land. The, the like, remember, rent is rent is theft is a is a slogan from a time when a lot of peasants were tenant farmers on working sure. for lords who were government officials. Okay, and they were the working on land that they didn't own. They stayed on the land at the mercy of the lord of the land, the landlord. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is not the same as as the kind of landlordism we see today. Uh, words, you know, yeah. it's it's a very different uh, different arrangement that that was. Sure. Well, once again, and- I can understand the idea of having a huge swath of land that nobody ever does anything with, and saying, "Yeah, that's that's good for homesteading." The idea that somebody could own thousands of acres and just sit on it and do nothing—it seems ridiculous. So I could go that yeah. far. Under but at an the same cap time- system, I would say that wouldn't happen too often because people would have to bear the full force. The full cost of defending their own land. Mm, right. So in that and case, the more homeless people there are, the more security guards you have to hire to do mm-hmm. that. And so, so right. eventually, I think people would withdraw plot, okay. from claims. What about a smaller plot of land? Can I have a plot of land under this mutualism? Can I have a plot of land that I just want to keep because I like a pristine piece of property? You know. And how much can I have of that? Yeah, free market. Um. Well. Mutualism basically is based around to, – to, to boil it down is basically if you don't use it, you lose it. You own basically okay. what, what you What does it mean use. to you? Hold a on. Mutualist I want to ask another question. Though. I want to ask another question about this. What does it mean to use the land? I mean you could argue that if I want to keep it pristine, then therefore I don't want to make any changes to it. But if I go ahead and put in a pond and a bench – does that mean that the land is used, and for what distance does that like push out the usedness of the of that land? <laughs> These this yeah, is where it gets tricky. That's a little bit of a because um, obviously use means usually for economic production, and then I'm not sure how it, how a while you're using that for economic production. Um, I mean, if it's part of your home, I guess. So that's one of those. Why does it have to be for economic production? I mean, right. if I you go out to, and shoot on the land, that's not for production. I'm ex, you know expending resources. <laughs> Uh, guess, in that case, I guess my my question is is if if an idea behind mutualism is mutually beneficial activities, then do I cease to have any property rights at all? If if I have to provide something with my land or with my building or whatever else, and I have to provide that, did I just not lose all my rights? Okay, well, um, mutualism basically is is going to be centered around the. Uh, individual ownership of land. So it's basically a, a radical, radical philosophy coming around the same time as communism. And, and their idea was basically um, the same but radically different, which is um, instead of communal ownership, um, but radically individual individual ownership of land. Hmm. Because um, individual ownership and uh, free markets leads to the goal of communism more uh, efficiently. But basically, and where does uh, mutualism fall on ownership of uh, productive goods, the so-called means of production? A factory. Or Mutualists something? want those in private hands, right? Yes. Okay. Um, they, they believe tend to believe that the state subsidizes the corporate uh, structure, and okay. that more people in a free market would choose a, a, a cooperative. Um, we would see about that. Yeah, we've we got see. a lot of common ground with theory. you guys from yeah. everything I've read about mutual free market. We're going to bring you back because I'm interested. Eight fifty five.
is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Kind of coming to the end of our of our show tonight, but we still have some calls we want to get to. If you want to try to get on the air, you can certainly get in queue, 855-450-FREE. Uh, but right now, we are going to go back to Free Market Penguin, where we've been talking a couple ideas around property rights and the ideas of mutualism and I guess at some degree anarcho-capitalism and mm-hmm. how do we deal with um, property rights in our society. Uh, free market, you still there? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so a free market society, uh, often uh, these things are not based on the abolition of X, Y, or Z, but the um, – the free market, the choice of truly free people would be able would be able to kind of decide on these things through market choice of whether to cooperate and exchange with different people. Um, so, you know, the whole point of anarcho anything basically is don't force it and let the market decide, except that ANCOMs don't believe in markets. So they're pretty problematic as far as I'm ANCOM concerned. ANCOM stands for anarcho-communist. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, the thing is, though, I don't feel the need to argue with anarcho-capitalists because it's like I don't think what they are communists or capitalists, uh, anarcho-communists. Because I don't think think what they would do would work very well. But to me, it's just like, okay, sure, you try, you help us smash the state, and then if you want to go off and do your thing, but they want to build another communal land, go do it. I mean, don't well, the anarcho communists want a state in theory? No, but I mean the co- the commies, the anarcho commies. Don't they this, just want their own state? I, I, um, <laughs> people say <laughs> that what they want is a state, and they in turn say that what anarcho capitalists want is well, I'm not a, a bunch of, of mini states, right? Um, I just want freedom. That's all. Uh, so that's so hard. You know, I, I, I don't well, think that's necessarily true, accurate. Both are potentially true if you don't, you know make every effort to stay within the, the the market and 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 not absolute non-coercion because of what i understand anarcho-communists are fine up until they say will you be will you accept people using money for market exchange and <laughs> a lot of them wouldn't and then <laughs> they want to they want a gift economy yeah. is that what they're into yeah orwell actually when he was in spain wrote about being in a barber shop and seeing a sign that had been hung up by the anarchists who were anarcho-communists, and the sign said that tipping was punishable by death. Oh, my God. And uh, and uh, Orwell was horrified by this, and, and his reaction was, you know, the new masters are no better than the old masters, <laughs> maybe worse. <laughs> hey, uh, Anarcho. That's, I think that's part of what inspired Animal Farm. Free Market Penguin, thanks so much for your call. Yeah, was, good uh, conversation. Yeah, definitely, and be sure to call back in. Uh, we're going to stay on the phones, and we're going to go to Mike in Alabama. He's listening to us on the TuneIn app. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, I have a question about jury nullification. Yes, sir. Uh, so when I a couple of years ago when I first heard about jury nullification, the guy that was telling me about it told me that um, basically if a jury that if jury nullification happened, that a law would be removed. No, 
No, and it's only nullified in that one instance. So a jury nullification for listeners that aren't familiar uh, is the idea of a jury. It's an ages-old right, thousand-year-old right of a juror to— Going going back to the Magna Carta. It goes way back. And uh, for the juror to be able to nullify a bad law. So Mm. the idea is the jury is the final check on an out-of-control government because the jury could still have a conscience— collectively and they could say no do not convict this person of say possession of marijuana or selling marijuana or whatever stupid law that people know is a bad thing but unfortunately that Mm -hmm. doesn't result in the law being overturned although i will say this that if for example half of the marijuana charges that they brought started getting nullified i'll bet you a dollar we would stop having prosecutions i bet you're right and i'll tell you one of the biggest weakeners of the fugitive slave laws uh, yes. which were which were passed by your by your government. Yes, if your slave runs away, you can go out and collect him or her and bring them back and to your northerners plantation. Have to help you. Yes, they have to. But what happened was northern juries nullified this. What that meant was when hey, there was a trial bringing charges against somebody for not returning a slave. Everybody on the jury would just say, eh, I know you presented great evidence, but we find him not guilty. Right, because the law is wrong. And, yeah. and enough pushback like that. You're right, Rich. Enough pushback. They'll give up. Mm-hmm. In fact, we see it even on a micro scale where uh, uh, James Cleveland, who used to be a host here on Free Talk Live, right. was charged with obstructing justice or something like that and uh, disorderly conduct. Or no, it was resisting arrest and disorderly or obstructing. Anyway, the jury found him not guilty on one of the counts and hung mm-hmm. on the other uh, the other count. So remember, with jury nullification, even if you don't get a pure not guilty, meaning if everybody right. doesn't vote not guilty, if you're the only one of the 12 that votes not guilty, you've still hung that jury. Yep. Yeah, you've still and made that it so they gives, have to consider rebringing That charges. gives the defendant another bite, bite at the apple. Right. It creates a new expense for the state. And, and they didn't it's bring back good that charge. Public relations. Yeah, most Against of James, the time they, they won't recharge you. Yeah. Well, in New Hampshire, because we do require unanimous juries, there are. What states do they not? Uh, is it Mississippi or Louisiana, one of the maybe? Sun- Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Thank you. Louisiana is like <laughs> Satan's legal they, system. They just, they're trying to pass a lot of change that. I don't know if it's. Yeah, I did hear about that. Yes. That's interesting. Um, so it's going to be cold comfort for those guys in a, in prison cells there who, you know, wrongfully convicted. And, yeah. And we really do okay. encourage – go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. So apparently I was – well, me and maybe the guy I heard it from was uh, severely misinformed. Well, that it. would be awesome, man. Uh, if, a, if a jury could just say no to a, a crime and then, uh, you know, have it removed from the books automatically. Wow. It takes that a, be, it takes a little bit more work. Maybe we should work on that yeah. New Hampshire. Good proposal. Add, add that prize to the <laughs> jury nullification. Yeah, I love it. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, it's I've, not that easy. I thought easy. about that, but, um, yeah, from, so I'm, I'm actually doing some research for a, well, for a speech I'm writing, mm-hmm. and, um, well, it's it's not anything significant. It's just a Toastmaster speech, but um, I'm uh, yeah, I'm doing some research for it, and I've, I've been so I've been reading a lot, and that's that's all I've. Have you gone to the fully informed? I've heard about. Have you gone to the fully What's informed that? jury association? It's fija f i j a dot org. Have you have you researched there? 
Yeah, I, I did read some stuff there. Okay, great. Yeah, that's where everybody ought to go if they want to learn more about jury nullification. They're kind of the, the go-to nationwide group to Don't do tell that. me what to do. Yeah. It's a suggestion. That, that, that's kind of that's kind of disappointing, though. I, I thought that um, you know jury nullification could be you know a check on an abusive government. It's a check. Well, it is it's a, a minor check. check. Yeah. The the reason that I think it's good that it doesn't necessarily nullify um, the entire law is it may well be that uh, there's a third type of law where the uh, where the law is. Not necessarily unjust on its face, but is unjustly applied. applied. Okay. And so you wouldn't really want those laws to disappear just because they were, for example, somebody who used the disorderly conduct statute to prevent somebody from uh, protesting where he was within his rights to, pr- to protest. That would be a spot for jury nullification of a... You know, normally not too bad law. But somebody who might have yeah. uh, walked down the street in front of cars blocking traffic as disorderly conduct, maybe you shouldn't uh-huh. uh, nullify in that case. Uh, yeah, because there you're blocking the um, the movement of others. Which and... is one of the definitions of disorderly conduct. That's one right, of the reasons right. the, the statute yeah. exists. Yeah, so to me, I think that if a law is sufficiently bad and everybody knows about jury nullification, a lot of people are going to start nullifying it. And that's when you're going to see that law go away. I, I think the key points for me in jury nullification are a juror on his own, without dealing with anyone else, can judge not only whether or not a crime was committed, but it can judge the law itself that's and right. say, this is valid this should be a law, or I can say, no, it's not. And nobody needs to know the business. And that's what people and need to know. And it only takes 8% of the population. Yeah, to just understand those simple but facts. But the real, ki- the real key here, though, is in order for juries to be able to engage in jury nullification, people have to take charges to trial. And almost nobody yep. does that. Mike, thanks for your call. Absolutely. We've run out of time, but what an interesting night. Uh, we've been all over the board, which we like to be, because that means lots of topics and lots of interchange with our customers with our customers I was with our listeners see free talk live Good night. so the protection of life liberty and property is is what the free state project is all about but it's an, it's an effort to move 20,000 people who understand it's about demonstrating to the entire country that yeah we can have a free market a truly free market making it just a free a great place to live it's the world's largest voluntarist libertarian community and it's it's only getting bigger that's amazing to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent what the free state project is managing to do though is to put their money where their mouth is physically getting up across the country and saying let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas there's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty there's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it but here in new hampshire people are doing it 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com, 101reasonsfilm.com.